All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the pod. We got a double upload today. Running um right now, we're gonna be running the uh, second round so far. So this would be a second round preview, but it's not a second round preview. Um, right now, I'm recording set by eight p.m. The Hawks and Sixers are playing right now, and uh, I don't know. It's so far, so far. It kind of seems like the Sixers are here to play, which isn't like nothing to panic panic about as um. If you're a Hawks fan, because at the end of the day, you have home court advantage now. Now you just need to win your home games and you win the series. But we'll have to, I'll see how this game pans out because when I turned it on, it was 23-6. to six, And now it's 28-13, to 13, which is kind of chipping away at a lead. Not really, but whatever. So I guess I guess I will start out with the Hawks series. This I'm not even going to really talk about this game, even though Tony, Tony Snell's... Uh, Chirping away at Embiid because Embiid threw him a bow. So we'll see how that goes. But overall, this Hawks series is going to be really interesting because, like I said, game one, man, Embiid gave them the work. He gave them 39 and 9, and it didn't matter. They still went out and won, and the Hawks still came into to the Wells Fargo Center and beat them. This series is going to be really interesting because, at the end of the day, the, the, the Sixers have the defenders to flank Trey Young, and it's a complete possibility that the Sixers are able to win this series in five, you know? That they just win four straight after losing game one, you know? It's also unlikely that that happens, in my opinion. I think it's really hard to win in Atlanta. I think Trey Young's confidence is through the roof right now, and I think that that this, this Hawks team is a team that nobody really wants to see, especially a team like Philly, who is a little beat up right now. Um, overall, though, Embiid should really dominate this series. He dominated last series. He dominated game one. And I'm I'm thinking that he'll play pretty well this series overall. I mean, Clint Capella is a good defender, but ain't nobody guarding that man, Joel Embiid. Overall, I mean, the the Sixers have the perimeter defense to throw at Trey Young. They do with Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel, but it doesn't matter. You get because Trey Young could get three fouls on Matisse Thibel in the first quarter like that, and now all of a sudden, oh, we got to put Ben Simmons on him. I don't know, man. Let's see how this series goes. I think what the Sixers should do is kind of do what the Clippers did against the Mavericks, where it's more of a, like, where it's more of kind of let Trey Young go crazy in the first half and then put your best perimeter defender on him in the second half and really mean business in the second half. But I don't know. Oh, I mean, Ben Ben is on Trey right now. Trey just took probably, like, a 35-foot three-pointer and Ben fucking blocked it. So... You know, it's looking good. Oh, my God. They have Anyeke Akongwu guarding Joel Embiid. Why? Why? That's barbecue chicken. Sorry. <laughs> but this series overall, I think it's going to be more interesting than people are giving it credit for in terms of the other second-round series because it's 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 the development of two very young teams that are going to be competitive for years. And um, I'll talk about this later. I was just listening through the wire, and Pierre made a good point that that this run for the Hawks would be great if they made the Eastern Conference Finals, but it would also be terrible, right? Because the my my Celtics, we made a couple runs to the Eastern Conference Finals, like the year with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown when they were, I it was Tatum's rookie year, and you know he dunked on LeBron, all that shit, and then we were like, oh, we gonna get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, and we all fuck shit up, and then we ended up losing in the second round, you know. Um. It, it it's dangerous because it sets expectations for young teams and you don't really want to do that. You know, the Hawks the Hawks are such a big surprise because no one expected them to really be here. A lot of people picked the Knicks in that first round series. They didn't have a ton of expectations. 
When you don't have expectations, it's really easy to exceed them, like the Miami Heat did last year in the bubble. There weren't a ton of expectations surrounding that team, so they were able to go out and exceed those expectations. But that's besides the point. Mainly, I think immediate success for a young team can be a little bit dangerous in the sense of like it can kind of stunt the growth of the team. If a young team learns how to lose first, then they will be more successful. I would I would point back to the Warriors dynasty, right? Because we all thought the Thunder were going to run that shit because they made the finals in 2012. The Thunder really never learned to lose. They were immediately successful. But they were never able to get over the hump. The Warriors, because the Thunder never faced adversity. The Warriors were able to lose gracefully um, their first couple years, and then they were able to face adversity and my fear is that I think the Celtics are a victim of this. We don't really know how to how to overcome adversity. We don't know how to overcome certain things because we haven't had to face a lot of adversity in our in our, um, our time with this core. I think that that may happen to the Hawks and they may fall victim to that. And I'll talk about this later with the Mavericks, but there's also something called buying in too early, right? Maybe the Hawks make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, and they're like, hey, we got to compete for a championship. And then you buy in too early. And one, and one, and one. All right, never mind. Sorry, I'm still watching this game. But regardless, I think this it, this series in a vacuum is going to be very interesting. It'll be interesting to see which team loses. Because I think if the Sixers lose, this is catastrophic for the Sixers. And we're going to see a blow up this offseason. I've been saying it um, for a really long time on this podcast. And I'll continue to say it. Um, the Ben Simmons or Damian Lillard trade, man. It could easily happen this offseason, especially if the Sixers if the Sixers lose in this round or get fucked up by the Brooklyn Nets the next round, they could easily lose. Uh, easily Ben Simmons for Dame could go down. But we'll see. You don't know. Oh, excuse me. Next up, we're going to talk about Nets Bucks. And I just watched a B-Souls video on this series. It's really sad, man. It's really sad. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to say besides the the Bucks are the Bucks. At the end of the day, the Bucks are just straight up the Bucks. You know? KD has 32. KD, man. Jesus Christ, Kevin Durant. Achilles injury who? Kevin fucking Durant, dude. Jesus Christ, man. He's really good at basketball. He's really good at basketball. Gallo for three? Oh my god, he sucks. Anyway. The, the Nets just look like they're on a different level. Last night, Kenny um, tweeted out, he tweeted, so about that parody. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. Because we thought that Net- the, the, the Celtics are putting up a better fight than the fucking Bucks are. And it's partially because Chris Middleton's averaging like 15 points per game in this series. Yeah. All of that's a part of it. And it's because Drew Holiday is underperforming. But at the end of the day, the Bucks as a team are shooting like 29% from three. And the Nets are shooting like 59% from three. Like, I wish basketball reference. Does it have that? Do, 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 do. No, it does not. Um, yeah, but like, like overall, the Bucks are not playing very well this series. They're, they're, they're really not, man. And it's, it's sad to see it. It's sad to see it because. I had high expectations for this Bucks team. I think a lot of people had the high expectations for this Bucks team. 
And I I thought that I thought that the Bucks had the best chance to beat this Nets team in the in the second round, and I thought that that tweet I made, you know, fucking at the James Harden trade when I um, retweeted my old tweet after the Harden trade that said the Nets are still a second round exit. They're still a second round exit. And maybe the Bucks can win in six or seven and make that come to fruition, but it is very difficult to come back from a 2-0 series lead, especially in the the fashion that they have lost. Um, they've been getting blown up. They've been getting outplayed. They've been getting killed. Giannis has been getting destroyed covering Kevin Durant. You know, I thought there was one man in this league that might be able to cover Kevin Durant. Nah, Kevin Durant's a really scorer of all time. Fuck out of here. Most talented scorer of all time. I'll give you that. I don't know. I don't know what the Bucks do besides make their shots and play better defense. Like, those are the only two things. Brooke Lopez should be playing zero more minutes this entire series. And this is where we'll see Mike Budenholzer and whether or not he can actually make adjustments. You know, because the Bucks coming off the Heat series, Bud made adjustments going into that series. And overall, I thought the Bucks did a really good job of slaying some demons. But it this just proves that they're still not ready to win. And I'm going to, you know, come on this podcast and I'm going to talk a lot of shit about this team. I'm going to talk a lot of shit about this team if they get swept or if they lose in a disappointing five or a disappointing six. I'm going to talk a lot of shit about this team. I am. Because I had high expectations for this team. I had realistic expectations for this team. And for Giannis to have back-to-back MVPs, for them to be contenders for now three years in a row and not even make the Eastern Conference Finals, fucking pathetic. Oh, wait, they did. They did against the Raptors. But for them to not even really be close to the NBA Finals, fucking pathetic. The Eastern Conference is easily the weaker conference. And it's just, it's it's pathetic to see Giannis playing like this. It's pathetic to see the Bucks playing like this. This is why small market teams don't give, like, this is why the media doesn't give a shit about small market teams. Because they always disappoint you. In the Western Conference, the 1-4 is going to be Jazz Clippers. Game 1 is uh, in a couple of hours. I'm really excited to see this. This is an interesting series to me because... I don't know how the hell it's going to go. I could see the Clippers... If the Clippers truly matured in their first-round series, the Clippers will come out and win this series in five games. They will. Because at the end of the day, there's no one that can really fuck with Kawhi Leonard on the Jazz, and there's no one that can really fuck with Paul George on the Jazz. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, yeah. But in terms of being able to guard Paul George, hell no. The Jazz have one central scorer in Donovan Mitchell, and the Clippers have two of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Now, Pierre was talking about this on Through the Wire, about... um. Paul George and how no one was talking about Paul George after game seven. And he, I know he's not listening to this. I know he's not going to hear this. But I'll tell you why no one was talking about Paul George after game seven. I'll tell you right now why no one was talking about Paul George after game seven. Paul George in game seven. Let me read you his stat line. Let me read you his stat line in game seven against the Mavericks. Um, Clippers box score. Let's see. Paul George... He had 22 points and 10 assists and 6 rebounds. That's a pretty fucking good line. But it was on 5 for 15 shooting and 2 for 8 from 3. And also, his ass was covering Luka in the first half when Luka had 30. And then Kawhi ended up clapping him in the second half. Fuck out of here. That's why. To respond to Pierre. Paul George sucks. Paul George is garbage. And if Kawhi is smart, if they don't win a championship this year, if Kawhi is smart, he's leaving. Kawhi's stupid as hell if he re-signs to play with Paul George. He dumb as shit. He is dumb as hell. And this will... I'll talk about this idea of buying in too early when I do the retrospective probably tomorrow. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. I don't know when I'll do it. Um, 
of the teams that lost in the first round and what's next for those teams. We'll see. But overall, this the Clippers series, I think I think this series is very interesting because I can see the Jazz coming out and playing good communal basketball. Maybe Kawhi shot all his bullets in round one, and he's a little gassed. And the Jazz just look too good and too cohesive as a, as a team. Because if the Clippers don't grow up and didn't actually grow up and that was fool's gold and that was just Kawhi being Kawhi, then I think we're going to see this Jazz team win in five. Because the end of the day, this Jazz team has more camaraderie. It has more chemistry. It has better coaching. It has better little things. And I think this series is going to be a great example of what's going to win you a series. The little things or star power. What really, really matters in the NBA playoffs. I think last year in the finals, it kind of was like, hey, star power pretty much matters in the NBA. But we'll see. We will see. You know, you never know. I would love to see a Jazz team go on and win a championship. Because I think... It would be great for basketball. It'd be great for the league. It may not be great in the eyes of the media, but I think it would be really cool to see the Jazz win a title. Now, moving on to the last series, we have um, Nuggets Suns. I'm most excited for this series because I think that this series is going to be really interesting. The Suns kind of won convincingly. Um, it wasn't really that close. The Nuggets never really made it that close. And... Overall, the Suns just kind of came to play, and that's because DeAndre Ayton, man. I, I, I think I said coming into the first round series that if DeAndre Ayton can play well, this Suns team is a contender. If he doesn't play well, he's not. A, they're not a contender. It's as simple as that. <sighs> Excuse me. Sorry. But DeAndre Ayton has been fucking dominating lately. Dominating lately. And he has been able to guard Jokic well. I think DeAndre Ayton had one foul for guarding Jokic in 36 minutes. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. And hopefully we can, um, you know, see this team play better in terms of the Nuggets, right? MPJ struggled in game one. He did because Jay Crowder was up in his shit. And, and they have Mikel Bridges, who's arguably a better defender to guard him if need be. I think this is ultimately where the Nuggets run will end. But I, I don't really know. Who's gonna, a lot of these second round series outside of the Bucks series is like I don't really know who's gonna win. Um, but I know I, I do have to give my picks. <laughs> um, but I think that that the Nuggets can come out and make this a series, right? I think that Mike Malone is gonna yell at them, and be like, "You played like you played like soft little babies. You played like shit." And we'll see. Aaron Gordon had his first good game of the playoffs and a 17-point loss, which is both good and bad. But overall, Jokic just claimed MVP officially, and I think that um, I think this series will be closer than game one was, and I'm hoping that this series is like a seven-game series because this is, out of the, the remaining series, this seems like it would be the best one and the most competitive one. It's going to be my favorite one to watch because I love both the Suns and the Nuggets, and I don't care who advances but I guess we can end the show talking more about parody in general in the NBA because I really want to see Chris Paul because because um I think it was Dom 2k some one of the one of the kids in the 2k community came out and made a video about how Chris Paul is the most cursed player in NBA history a really good video I recommend you watch it and learn why Chris Paul is the most cursed, cursed player in NBA history and it would be just Chris Paul's luck to finally make it to the fi finally make it to the finals to have to go up against the greatest offensive big three we've ever seen it would be just chris paul's luck 
and this parody as a whole is if the Bucks really get their asses just handed to them in four or five games, it's over. The Nets are winning the title. It's not even going to be close. And this big three is going to rule the NBA for the next four years. You know, we literally had one year of parody. You can't even call that parody. Right? We had one year where the Warriors dynasty didn't exist and LeBron ended up winning the finals. So that's not even, that's literally not even parody. And now we have a new big three. And it's just going to suck the parody right out of the NBA. You know, in my time as an NBA fan, I was a hard, I've been a hardcore NBA fan since 2016. I've had two years where there wasn't a disgustingly overpowered team. Two years of my NBA career, of my NBA fandom. That's 2016, that's 2020. And we're back to square one, man. We will never have, I think, true parity in the league for more than three years, ever. Because why not stack the odds in favor of yourself? This will be forever known as the super team era. And I don't know when the super team era is going to end. We all thought that Kawhi restored power. We all thought that Kawhi ended the super team era. And maybe Kawhi can do it again. You know? If, if, if Kawhi wins this title, that man is for real. I saw someone tweet out. It was Jay Williams said, Kevin Durant wins this title. He is in the GOAT conversation. Which, first of all, fuck no. Fuck no. You cannot be in the GOAT conversation and be a one-way player, first of all. Even though Golden State is a pretty good defender. Second of all, Kevin Durant has literally the cheapest rings in NBA history. The cheapest rings in NBA history. Easily. Easily. Even this one. I don't care that he's playing out of his mind. He has the cheapest rings in NBA history. And I think that this, aside from getting James Harden a ring, the Nets winning a ring means nothing. It means nothing. It's like, okay, cool. You did what you were fucking supposed to do. The Suns winning this ring. Any other team in the playoffs winning this ring has so much more value than the fucking Nets winning this ring. And I would be so disappointed to see the Nets win this ring because the playoffs so far have been really fun to watch. And it would be so disappointing if it just ended in the Nets championship. That's no fun. But we'll just have to see. It'll take time. And before we go, I should actually, you know, make my official picks. Well, I need a pencil so I can write them down and look back on it. I'm going to end. I'm going to. So Sixers, Hawks. I'm going to take Sixers and six. I think that the Hawks ultimately are going to take another game in the A. Maybe two. It might go seven. But I think that this Sixers team is going to get their shit together and really play really well. And they're really going to realize the situation that they're in and they're going to fuck shit up in terms of bucks and nets i'm going nets in five i'm gonna give milwaukee one game i'm gonna be nice to them they've earned that enough maybe chris middleton actually shows up for a game maybe they learn how to guard blake griffin and maybe mike budenholzer learns how to make an adjustment but i can't wait to put this bucks team on blast one of the inspirations for making this podcast was in order to put the bucks on blast after the bubble last year Swear to fucking God. So, that'll be fun. Jazz Clippers. This is the hardest series for me to call. Let's We'll do that one last. Suns Nuggets. I'm going Suns in six. Um, I think the Suns are on a mission. I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are both on a fucking mission this year. And I think that the Nuggets... The fact that the Nuggets made out of the first round alone is impressive to me because they're losing three rotational pieces, including their second best player. And... Overall, I'm not mad about the Nuggets losing in this second round series. I don't think anybody would be. I don't think anybody would be like, oh, it's a fraudulent MVP. Hell no. But 
I think that they're going to be able to scrap out a couple games. Give me one Jokic 50-piece and give me one MPJ 33 and one, like a game where MPJ and Jokic combine for 80 points or whatever. Um, In terms of Jazz Clippers, man, I don't know. My gut is telling me go Clippers because it's Kawhi Leonard. But my brain is telling me go Jazz because it's Paul George. I'm going to go, I'm going to say Clips in seven. Clips in seven. But I would rather see the Jazz win this series. So we'll just have to see. So to review my picks, I got Sixers in six, Nets in five, Suns in six, Clips in seven. And we will have to see. We'll just have to see. I think that if the Nets win this, if the Nets beat the Bucks, there's no more parity. It's over. Give them the championship. Might as well not play the next two rounds. If the Bucks win, somehow overcome this 2-0 lead, somehow win this series, and I'm rooting for the Suns to win a championship, man. But we will see. But thank you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That will be the end of this episode. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, share. Tell your economics class about it. And um, thank you. I'll probably be uploading um, uh, what will they do next, first round edition, pretty soon. Hopefully. Peace.